Hello you. Welcome to this space. I'm your host Ruth and this is No Time for Small Talk. The podcast where we unpack the more complex and deeper aspects of life and explore taboo topics with curiosity and open discussion. We will be delving into mental and physical health, addiction, trauma, birth, death, and pretty much anything else we can dive to the depths of. If you have found your way here, I'm sure you are searching for something deeper, and I hope these conversations provide you with enlightening perspectives, comfort, education, and a smile or two. So wherever you are listening, welcome and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. Today I'm joined by my beautiful friend Willow who has come on the podcast to share about her experience with head injury, concussion and PTSD. Willow is currently on a huge travel adventure and is dialing in today from my home in Ireland. Willow is a massage therapist, a natural born healer, an avid rock climber and acro yogaist. She is the biggest people person I have ever met and injects warmth, fun and laughter into every interaction she has. Without further ado, hello Willow, welcome to the show. Hi Ruth. (laughs) Thank you so much for agreeing to be here. How are you feeling? I'm feeling really good. Um, it's been amazing exploring your country. Ireland is so beautiful. I spent yesterday walking along the beachfront and it was just absolutely stunning. It's a beautiful country, so cozy and everyone here is so lovely. Oh, it makes me so happy to hear that. I love it too and I can't wait to get home. It's just like, ah! <laughs> So I thought we could maybe start with you telling us a little bit about where you were in your life and sort of what was going on for you in your life prior to your injury. Um, So I was running a a massage business where I was working for myself, but I was working within a collective. So there was a naturopath, nutritionist, chiropractor, Uh, and an occupational therapist and we were all working together so doing like full health for people and it was really incredible Uh, was really going super well I've previous to massage I did a lot of retail like sales work so got quite good at like interacting with people and getting clients and things like that and just I really enjoyed my practice I loved building relationships with these people and seeing them week by week um and watching them feeling better and enjoying life more. I was doing circus training uh, at the Hawke's Bay Flying Trapeze with my beautiful friends Mike and Bron, and it was amazing. So I was working in my beautiful clinic all week with my friends and enjoying my practice, super close to the beach, just loving life. And then on the weekends, I spent pretty much from Friday to Sunday doing circus. So flying trapeze out in the sun every weekend. Hawke's Bay is amazing weather really beautiful and just super social like every social event I could possibly go to and I'm Mm. really not sure when I just life just was like full ball always going had a really beautiful stable relationship and um going on lots of like weekend adventures because when you work for yourself the beauty of that is that you can just take time off Mm. when you want you're like okay I'll just work really hard for this many weeks and then I'll take a whole week off to go and have an adventure yeah, why? Wow. Um, so my life really, um, I was kind of living my dream life, I guess, but also at the same time, just moving so constantly, just doing things all the time mm. that a lot of the kind of growing, I guess the, that sort of personal growth stuff wasn't really happening because I was just so continuously busy. Just, there was not really any time to sit still. I guess like maybe once a month I would totally burn out. And mm. so once a month I would spend the whole entire Sunday just sitting on a couch playing video games, eating snacks, <laughs> just zoning out from the whole entire world. Yeah, wow. Because um, I would just go, 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 crash, go, 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 crash. And it just kind of became my 
sort of just my normal life, I guess, when anxiety, when you're so anxious and moving all the time, within the movement, the anxiety doesn't feel there as much. That was my experiences anyway. Constant. Um, and then, yeah, they're just totally wiping out from the world like once a month. Yeah, wow. Yeah. It's really interesting because I didn't know that part because obviously all that you're describing that your life was like, that's what your life was like when I met you when we became friends and it's interesting hearing you say about that burnout thing because I didn't know that part I didn't know that that was something that you were experiencing so regularly yeah a lot of people like kind of saw my life and saw it as quite healthy like from the exterior it looked pretty healthy you know I was running a really successful business I was exercising a lot and had really a lot of social connections but then also just running so fast saying yes to everything it's like okay on a Saturday I would go and see four different people mm. on a Saturday I would drive one friend's house and then I drive over here and then you know or and and get training in as well mm. so just like this constant wheel of movement just going 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 and then yeah, these kind of like moments of like hiding in my cave to refuel enough to get back out there again. But I don't know, I feel we can never know what will happen in the future, but I sort of feel if that lifestyle had kept going, I would have burnt myself out completely. And Mm. I don't know what the case would have been, you know, you can't see a life without it. But yeah. Yeah, wow. That's really fascinating. Thank you for sharing all of that. So I guess if we just jump ahead and in your own way, if you could tell us a little bit about your injury in whatever capacity that you feel comfortable in sharing. Yeah, so I had uh, two concussions. Um, So I had uh, one concussion where I almost got to the point where I was 100% healed again. And then six months later from that first initial concussion, I got a second concussion. So I got what's called compounding concussion. So the brain hasn't quite healed from the first one. Um, and then yeah, the side effect of that is like post concussion syndrome, which is just fatigue. And like for, for my experience of it, I was like, okay, I know what's going to happen. I have had a concussion before. I guess I should talk about more about what happened. If you feel comfortable too. Yeah. So the second concussion, I was working with a beautiful human being who has severe autism. So he's about 6'4 and just like 200 kgs, really big guy. Mm. Super sweet. I loved the job. was caring for this beautiful creature and we used to take him out swimming and go for walks and do like painting and all sorts of things with him. And I really enjoyed it. The only thing was, is because of the autism and he had OCD as well, that he would get way overstimulated and then have meltdowns. Mm. So just um, could become like quite aggressive or hurt himself or hurt others. Uh, So we kind of would restrain him. So that kind of cuddle him into a seat or something Mm. like that. So he couldn't hurt himself um, the house or anyone else um, and unfortunately on one of the days that this happened he really lost it big time and I was in the firing line so I got kicked like in the top of my head and my back and got my head shaken quite heavily as well and then like I had to just keep going and move into like look taking care of him mode and the other person that I was working with I spent like another uh, sort of hour or so like holding him in position so he couldn't hurt himself um and I think at that point I'd like completely disassociated Mm. from my body kind of I think for me when I experience extreme pain either physically or emotionally I just zip out of my body Mm. I'm like no longer there anymore um yeah and went to the hospital after that uh, and the knowledge in hospitals around concussion is definitely getting better but they sort of told me you know go home and rest for a few days and you'll be fine mm-hmm. um 
but from having a concussion before, I knew that that wasn't the case. Mm. So I guess I came home and I really rested a lot. And thank goodness my partner at the time had already had had concussions. So I sort of knew the side effects and what to do. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I know what to do. I know I need to eat well. I need to rest. No stimulus, so no sound, no screens, no nothing. Basically just sleep and looking at the ceiling, which is like crazy boring and especially being ADHD and super active human being, just like Mm. trapped in a room all day long in the dark. It was just absolute hell. Mm. And things were actually going like not too bad. I was like, okay, yeah, this doesn't, this, I'm, I'm not feeling great, but also, and it's not tracking too badly. And then about three weeks into this process, I had the first panic attack I've ever experienced in my life. Mm. Um, and I really, it was so scary. I was just sitting at home. There was nothing that kind of provoked it. I was just, lying in bed uh I think I was drawing at the time or something like that mm. <clears throat> and uh, I was drawing I'd like pick up and draw for maybe five minutes and I'd have to put it down and rest my head and then try again mm. um yeah I was doing this and then all of a sudden I like couldn't breathe and then my body started to shake and I was like oh no I know that one of the symptoms of concussion can be uh having um, what's it called? Seizures. Mm. And I just thought that that's what was happening. Called my partner at the time and they said, we need to get an ambulance out there. And the ambulance came and they said, look, they just kind of calmed me down and breathed mm. me down. And they were like, you just had a panic attack. And I was like, oh my gosh, I thought I was dying. Yeah. Um, I have so much empathy for people who have panic attacks. Like it's really scary. Mm. Um, body sort of shuts down. Uh, and then sort of after that, things just got really bad. Like I would walk to the front door to open the door and I would just start crying. Like I could hardly leave my own room. And I'm just, I couldn't watch a screen. I couldn't really read. Just so much time just sitting with yourself in the dark. Mm. And that sort of progressively brought up a lot of the wounds that I had in my life. You know, I'd spent this, life just going, 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 going. And even on my rest days, I was in front of a screen playing a game or something like that. So Mm. there really wasn't any time to address anything. Uh, So everything came up. It was like kind of forced meditation. Mm. Um, And it was really scary because I lost all of my identity. So I'd put so much of who Willow was and what I did. So running a a successful massage business, being a social butterfly, being mm. a circus performer, all of these things were who I was. Mm. And then that's all gone. But who am I after all of that? Mm. And then having to face a lot of my childhood sort of scars and things like that in that space. So, yeah, that was really scary and having to rebuild who I am and I guess picking new hobbies and things like that. Uh, was it a, a first starter? Mm. Yeah. And I, I still remember even just walking was so scary. Like first getting out of the house and then like once I could do that, um, I would walk like down the road, like maybe five minutes and then want to take a rest. And I would just sit on the side of the road and end up falling asleep. And my partner would be like, what? Where's she gone? She's, Mm. she's like gone for like half an hour or something like that I thought she was just going to go out and then come back and I'm just like asleep on the side of the road Mm. and just yeah going from being like I can talk to absolutely anybody to someone says hello to me in the street and I'm just don't really know how to talk anymore Mm. Uh, or if people speak too loud or too fast I'd have to ask them like can you just like slow down or quiet I can't I can't hear you anymore. Like once that sort of noise, um, stimulus and things like that. But I still remember one of like the most joyful times for me throughout that was I had this walk that I wanted to do, which was probably like maybe an hour and a half up this hill. Mm. 
really close to my house. And I just was like, this is going to happen. I'm going to walk this eventually. And just every day I would do a little bit more of it. So, mm. you know, the first day, 15 minutes and then 15 minutes. And I remember my partner at the time letting me borrow their noise cancelling headphones and it just changed everything because it just took one of the stimulus away. Yeah. It was also the second lockdown of COVID in New Zealand. Wow. So there was dogs on the road or anything like that. So, yeah, I still remember that day when I first got to the top of this mountain and I just felt that rush of, like, I'm so proud of myself for pushing, mm. like, for, I guess, like, compassion. So in the first few days, it was like, push, like, come on, hurry up, do it, you know, like that mm. sort of thing. And I would always feel, like, so shit afterwards. Um, Whereas, like, I said, this change of attitude all of a sudden came into being where I was like, I wonder if I just like encourage myself and be really kind to myself. Like, Hey, you're doing really well. Just one step at a time. You can do this kind of being that parent to myself, that mm. loving, kind parent. Myself. And then eventually over time was able to get to the top of this mountain. And it took me, I think maybe like four and a half hours the first time and yeah. then just sort of slowly build it down. Um, but I feel like that has come with me to when I do other things. So like if I'm learning any new skill, it's like how would I talk to my niece or my nephew if I was teaching them this skill? Mm -hmm. Like how would I talk to a smaller version of me if I'm doing this thing? Would I get really aggressive and tell them that they're really – rubbish at it and like hurry up and get it done and why aren't you practicing and all those sorts of things that's mm. not going to help me get towards the goal that I want to mm. move towards but if I speak to myself like that in a child if I speak to myself in that loving caring way then not only am I going to enjoy the experience more which I feel like is really important for me in life but I'm also going to get closer to my goal faster mm. um yeah, why? Yeah. First of all, I just wanted to just take a moment to really acknowledge the experience that you went through, not just following and not just everything that came after, but actually hearing you speak about the injury itself and when it happened. Like, I hadn't heard you describe it before. Um, even though I knew what had happened, I hadn't actually heard kind of, and I'm sure there's so much more that you could explain of that day and of everything that happened, but I haven't, I hadn't heard kind of the extent of it. And it was like kind of shocking even to me. And yeah, I just kind of wanted to take a moment to acknowledge that because it sounds like a really scary experience um, without anything of what happened after to come away from that would have been really scary. It really was, and I think that was part of my fear about leaving the house. So anyone who's experienced PTSD, it's kind of, from my experience of it, it's like totally irrational in some form. So like I would go to a supermarket and be sitting at the checking station and there would be someone bigger than me there and my brain would go into this fear response mm -hmm. and getting into that fight, fight or freeze because the person that um, hurt me was much larger than me. So my brain just kind of thought that everything was a threat mm. all the time. Um, and it was really hard too because in my brain, I logically knew that this person didn't intend to hurt me. You know, they're severely autistic and it wasn't intentional coming after me. But then at the same time, I was attacked and Hurt. Mm. So it was really amazing that my therapist, when we were working through this, kind of said, you know, you still got attacked by somebody, regardless mm. of who that is. You need to kind of accept that fact. Mm. And it did make it a little bit easier, but therapy is just the most incredible tool in that. So she just, we talked once a week and she kind of kept me wanting to keep going because yeah as I said I lost so much of my identity I didn't know who I was mm. and it's like why would I still want to be here if 
I'm not myself anymore. Mm. I'm just this person who's sitting in a room all day. Mm. Um, and then all those fears, like for me, it used to replay in my head like constantly. Mm. I would see like little flashes of it happening um, in my head and it just, if someone would say something or someone would accidentally touch my head mm. and the whole story would replay again. Mm. And in my case, I didn't really want to confront it with everybody. I kind of kept it quite internal mm. because I was still identifying as this person who was okay. Mm. So I had a lot of that and just would hide it away, I guess. But yeah, cognitive behavioral therapy helped a lot and doing uh, rapid eye movement therapy mm. really yeah. also helped. But for anyone who has got a friend or a family who's experiencing that and having to do the work through PTSD, just give them so much compassion because they're having to relive everything mm. within therapy. So it's bringing it all back up to the surface. And that's like a really scary and hard process because the brain wants to kind of hide it away. Mm. So it's working in the background. But when you are doing these kind of therapies, it's really bringing it up to the surface. And long term, for me, it's been really helpful. Like I'm in Ireland right now. Mm. not stuck in my room anymore I've like done the work and and yeah life's still a little scary but I, I'm not stuck in that story anymore mm. yeah I wanted to ask you because and you mentioned it in what you just said about um kind of this idea of not wanting to keep going at some points when it's just so hard and things are just seem like this uphill battle and I wanted to ask you kind of how did you keep going like what gave you the motivation or even the knowing that eventually I will get better eventually I will feel different because it you know when you're stuck in that hole and when like you say you've lost your sense of identity and you've lost everything about who you are and you're not able to engage in the activities that you always have and speak in the way that you always have like what was it for you that allowed you to know I just if I keep going it will get better such a loving kind incredible group of healers around me mm. I am incredibly blessed and have really beautiful friends and people who work within different healing modalities who loved me throughout the whole time because there was definitely times where I just didn't want to be there anymore I just didn't want to be alive anymore there was nothing really keeping me there and after head injury and the PTSD there was just really not much serotonin there was not much dopamine in my brain anymore mm. so just and no way to, for me to reach out and find it mm. but yes there was just so many incredible people in my life like I a little simple story that I would love to tell is on my birthday, uh, a few of my friends came over to the house and made me a cake and a few little gifts, but they knew that I w couldn't deal with a lot of sensory. So they all came in really quietly and gave me lots of hugs and things. And we just went for a walk and played Frisbee golf together. And everybody made sure that they were really um, quiet and not speaking too fast. Mm -hmm. And then one of my friends worked in a restaurant and she opened the restaurant early and just said to everyone who was coming, I think there was maybe six or seven people coming because I couldn't deal with much more than that. Mm. Like, can you be really careful when you pull your chair out uh, so that it doesn't make any sound? And that, you know, I can only speak to one person at a time and maybe I'll just stop talking at some point. So just mm. if you can be aware of all these things and then I just ended up totally crashing afterwards and I think I slept for like maybe 18 hours after this so no it was like way. still a lot for me but I had these really beautiful people who still came and loved like came and showed me love and care even though I couldn't communicate with them really even I was just kind of a blank a blank wall a lot of the time mm. uh, and also I had really incredible healing people around me so 
one of my very good friends is a chiropractor. So I got a lot of chiropractic care, a lot of acupuncture. As I said, I had a therapist who I spoke to once a week mm. who kept me here, kept me going. Um, you know, just like little goals to mm. keep moving forward. I think that I guess creating new hobbies really helped as well. Mm. So I started to play music and sing and sing. One of my very good friends, I love and adore them so much. They love playing guitar and I would just sing and make up lyrics with them. Mm. And it was a really good way for me to express my feelings and figure out what I was actually feeling. Uh, and then I just kind of continued with that. And then I guess instead of it becoming part of my identity, it just became something that I enjoyed doing. Mm. I'm still on that journey of trying to figure out who I am, I guess, as well. But having everything stripped away does get you, from my experience, has got me closer to that. Mm. Also, I started drawing. And drawing is like one of my favorite meditation kind of practices nowadays. So I'll just sit down and I'll draw and then everything that I draw gets burnt. Mm. So there's no expectation that it has to be good enough. There's no body looking at it in a judgmental from judgment, mm. including myself. It's like I'm doing this for the pure enjoyment of the action and then it's gone. Yeah, and for really me, I feel like it's a practice to go as well. So I had to let go of a lot after my injury. I need to let go of all these things that made me me and be okay with that, I guess, or create a new version of myself or, yeah, things are kind of like this. Um, yeah, and little, little baby steps, just one foot in front of the other. Mm. And, yeah, there's still days where I get really frustrated, so I will be talking to someone and, will ask the same question like six or seven times because my short-term memory won't remember mm. or I'll get overstimulated and I'll need a day of rest. But now I'm far more compassionate to myself. I've accepted the fact that I've had these injuries and accepted the fact that these things are really challenging because I think part of that thing was, was like, oh, I've only had a concussion. I've only got PTSD. It's fine. I just need to keep going. I need to keep moving. Mm. Push, 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 push and accepting that those things do have an impact on my life and being compassionate to myself in those spaces mm. instead of the pushing, I guess, yeah. Yeah, wow. Oh, thank you for sharing all of that. Um, you mentioned at the very close to the start of the conversation about how even in hospitals you feel that the knowledge and understanding of concussion kind of isn't where it needs to be or isn't where it could be. Um, and as someone who has experienced this, I wondered if you could have everyone know like stuff about concussion or the most important things to know to be able to support people through concussion. I know you mentioned about um, compassion, but... Yeah, what would you want to tell people or have people know to gain a deeper understanding about this kind of injury? So really, it seems because once I've had this injury, I've met so many other people that have had concussion and everybody's experience of concussion is totally different. There's some people that will get a knock on the head and then it's two or three days and they're feeling fine. There's some people who it's totally changed the trajectory of their life and they've ended up with seizures and different things like this. There's my case where it was like chronic headaches and a mixture of PTSD, which added this kind of fear piece as well. So mm. chronic fatigue sort of starts to set in when you're constantly in this fear state. Um, some of the things I definitely, there's like down stimulating everything. So getting away from your screens and all these sorts of things. But I do believe one of the things that's really helpful is exercise. So getting moving as soon as possible, it's mm -hmm. like gentle exercise, but getting moving. 
and reaching out to different therapies. So from my experience, so you, I really feel like you have to try things and see what happens. So for me, mm. acupuncture was really, really helpful. Kind of calmed my nervous system. I feel like therapy was really helpful for me, but partly because of how the injury happened. Mm addressing the PTSD and also as I said when you're so alone in that space so much of your old in my experience so much of my old baggage came up mm. because you've got time you're not distracting yourself well I wasn't distracting myself with all these things anymore so I had to address all of that and I feel if I was trying to do that just on my own I may have just gone totally crazy mm having people to be friends to speak to having friends that were willing to come over and just sit with me in silence mm. so I would be you know just hanging out or something like that and they would just read a book or just having that company mm. was so important and having no shame around the fact that I couldn't talk to you mm. that I couldn't communicate I couldn't make you a meal I couldn't go and do this activity with you or if we went for a walk, it might be like 30 minutes of walking in silence. Mm. But the people still showing up just made me feel so much, so loved and so wanting to push forward and keep going. Mm. Um, you can be that friend for someone. It's so incredibly, it's such a blessing for that person who's struggling. It's You don't need to do or be anything. It's just being there mm. and loving presence around um what was what was the question (laughs) no you you answered it it's just what would you want others to know about concussion with it being something I guess from my point of view it's something that I don't think anyone really understands very well unless you've experienced it um and I guess before knowing you um, having a close friend experience a head injury and and have a concussion, um, what I would think of a prolonged concussion. But the more we've spoken about it, the more I think most people have a prolonged concussion. It's just what concussion is. Um, but prior to knowing you having this injury, it was like to me. Yeah, you have to be careful that you don't bang your head. Yeah, you have to be careful that you don't, you know, hurt your head because if you hit it too many times, it can lead to kind of problems in the future or some memory issues. Or, you know, if you've played a sport like rugby, there's only so long you can play it if you've had multiple head injuries because it becomes dangerous. But there was never that real like, okay, but why? Like what happens if you are to have a head injury? And it's like, It feels like one of these things that when you speak about it, it makes perfect sense. Like what's inside your head, your brain, if your brain gets hit, like, you know, if your head hits against your brain really hard, it's going to have a really bad knock on effect. Right. But we don't think about it. And yeah, I guess I feel that maybe part of the real challenge after you've experienced a head injury is that feeling completely alone and not having very many stories or very much of an understanding of other people who have also experienced this same thing because I don't think people really talk about it. Not often and sometimes it's, I think one of the hardest things for me was and still is, is the fact that you can't see it. Mm. So it's like not a visible thing. You can't see, you can't see a broken leg. Uh, when someone's got a, a body injury that you can see visibly, there's a lot more, I feel there's a lot more compassion and time spent. Mm. And also you have this beautiful thing of like, this will, the doctor can tell you this will heal in six months or whatever, you'll be back to full, full noise. But with a head injury, you just don't know. Mm. You don't know when you're going to be back normal or like back to living a full life. And for me, depression kind of came and matched it, came there as well. And I also feel that about things like depression and anxiety, Mm. 
you can't see these things and you also don't know when it's going to be over or is it ever going to be over yeah uh and it's like I feel there needs to be that space of giving the same amount of compassion and love to those things the unseen injuries as the ones that are visibly able to be seen and sometimes it's just that person needs to be heard and not told how to fix it. Like I feel mm. there was definitely a part of my healing journey where there was just so many things being thrown at me that I needed to do to get better. Mm. I just got totally overwhelmed. Like everyone was like, oh, you need to do this thing and you need to do this thing and this thing and this and change your diet and all that sort of stuff. And mm. it's like I barely can get up and clean my teeth in the morning. Mm. Like that's a big effort to make that happen. Um, and just got really overwhelmed with all those things and so just for me it was really just sitting down and being like okay what's the really small things that I can do each day so my therapist was incredible and was like okay so you can take a shower and you can take a five minute walk and like some really basic simple things just really stripping it all the way back to the Mm. bare minimum and just being like, oh, I'm so proud of you for getting through that today. Mm. Like you don't have to push. Like, I love that thing. A friend of mine says it all the time, like we're human beings, not humans doing. Mm. And that used to be such a big part of my life is that my my worth came from how much I could do, how much I could get done, how many people I could interact with, how much – I was producing Mm. and I had to go to a state where I was just being, Mm. I was okay with the fact that I spent most of the day just sitting in the garden, looking at trees, Mm. Uh, which is really scary because it's like, ah, I'm not producing anything. I'm not worth anything anymore. Mm. I'm seeing that my work doesn't come from that place. Uh, it's really, yeah, that's a really scary thing to confront for sure. Mm. Yeah. So big. Uh, mm-hmm. And with concussion, I really, it has to be your personal journey, but for me finding what worked for me and listening to myself. Like does this thing, does this thing feel like it's really working for me? I have a beautiful friend called Happy who does um, – Healy work which is like vibrational healing Mm. uh and also is very skilled within like the mental health practices and things like that because they've done so much personal study and Mm. deal with chronic pain themselves Mm. so have that compassion going and talking to someone who's experienced what you're experiencing is so helpful because Mm. you feel far less you know we talked about that earlier like Mm. that loneliness of just like I'm the only one experiencing this. Mm. But if you can talk to somebody who's also experienced something similar, it's just that freeing feeling of like I'm not the only one. Yeah. Um, and they give me so much love and compassion and were just always available for me. So just to kind of throw a few words my way to like that they're proud of me or like maybe you could try this one little thing. Mm. Um, and it's okay if you don't. But, yeah, it's finding what really works for you. And in my experience, having lots of different people in your medicine circle, I guess that's what I call it. So Mm. I had a few, uh, lots of different types of people helping me. I had a tribe of people helping me. Mm. Like I don't believe in the one-hit wonder that's Mm. kind of, okay, take this this pill or do this one thing and you'll feel better. Mm. It just it doesn't really work like that. In my experience anyway, there mm. was just lots of things. It was the friend who would sit with me all day. It was happy using the vibrational healing. It was doing yoga. It was going for walks. It was mm. crying for hours on end and letting out all of those things. Yeah, you know, It was really a combination of things that brought me to where I am now, mm. for sure. And I feel like that's kind of where I would like to see healing moving in every realm. Yeah. You know, that uh, 
we're not just healing that initial injury that we can see, but all of the other stuff that's yeah. kind of going on as well. What other needs does a human being have? Um, like being, being even touched. Mm. You know, if you're really alone. For me, I was probably pretty tough to be around for a while there because I couldn't really communicate. I was feeling really heavy. I was just carrying around so much sadness. Mm. It's really hard to sit with a person who's in that space. Mm. Um, so again, someone who's been there, it's easier for them too because they kind of understand what's going on. Mm. But I just sometimes just wanted to be hugged. I just wanted to be held. Mm. Just feeling like that little child just wanting to be loved and being able to be that person for someone is so important. And I think after the experience for me, I feel so much more capable of doing that for others because I know how it feels yeah. to be there, to be in that space. You yeah. just need to be heard and held and loved. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, beautiful. Oh, so beautiful to hear you speak about it all. Um, I guess the final thing that I think would be interesting to hear your take on is because all of this, a lot of this, what we've just spoken about in the past few minutes has been really leaning towards how you can support someone who's experiencing something like this or how you can be that friend or how you can show up or how you can sit there and, you know, be present and hold space for someone going through this experience. But I guess, as we've mentioned many times, that aloneness is part of, is a huge part of why I've started this podcast in the first place. You know, it's so that all of these topics that we speak about help people to feel less alone. And so if you could speak to someone who let's say has just recently experienced a head injury or is experiencing a concussion and you could say something to them or tell them something you'd like them to hear, I wondered what that would be. that everyone's experience is going to be so different and that if you are really struggling, reach, reach out. I know it's really scary. Um, and it is a really scary time because there's not really, no one can give you a time or tell you if this is just who you are now, or if you're going to go back to being who you used to be. And I think I've let go of that idea of being who I used to be and I get to be this brand new person. Mm. And eventually this may be your story, but my experience is that I've got to a point where I've really got acceptance about what happened and now have so much gratitude for the experience because it's created who I am today. Mm. I don't identify with the things that I do anymore and I've been through that really tough time, so I have so much more compassion for others, especially people who are experiencing anxiety or depression or things like this. Mm. Um, yeah, I guess tell your story. Tell people how you're feeling. Mm. Be really vulnerable and be like, this is what's going on for me. Mm. I haven't slept for five days or I've slept for five days or I just am so incredibly bored or things like that and just really asking for what you need mm. which can be really scary especially in my case I was definitely more of a giver so just like give 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 it was really hard for me to receive anything mm. so having to be like it's such a confronting thing to be like hey could you speak a little quieter or could you speak slower for me because I can't hear you this is what I'm experiencing and using I feel statements was so handy like I feel this or I feel that thing mm. was so helpful but I can totally understand I everyone's experience is totally different but I understand that it's really really scary but I do believe that you can get on the other side of it like this will just make you a stronger stronger creature it really does. Um, but take your time and eventually you'll see, hopefully see the beauty behind it. Mm. That you get to become that human being, not that human doing. If that is one of the things for you, that might not be, but that was really huge for me. 
just to be okay with the thing. And it doesn't mean that that's totally changed. I feel like every journey is kind of continuously growing. Otherwise, what would we be doing here? Yeah. I think we'd get really bored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we weren't, you know, continuously working on something on ourselves or, yeah. Um, so, yeah. But I, I, I live in a space where I have gratitude for it. Um, but I do remember, Ruth, a conversation we had while we saw each other in Australia was like really actually acknowledging the pain and the anger as well, the frustration mm-hmm. at the situation. So a lot of my time I've spent like, this happened to me, but, I, you know, accidents happen and, you know, there's been all these other good things I'm grateful mm-hmm. for. It's like actually just allow the frustration to be, mm-hmm. allow that to really be there. Just be like, I'm so pissed off about this. Ah! Yeah. Let that be as well because you just, it's sort of, it's for me, it's, I think after having that conversation with you and seeing that, it's like if I saw a child and they were really upset and I'm like, just, just stop. Mm. I've had enough of your being sick. Can you just go and sort that out and come back? It's like, no, it's like seeing it for what it is, the feeling that experience and seeing what kind of need can be met in that time. And then that thing can just be closed Well, it's not even been, it's, I guess, instead of just being shut in a box and thrown into the back of your brain, it's been loved and changed into something else. Mm. It's like transmuted into something different. It's like had its time to be and be allowed to be experienced and then it can be changed into something else. Yeah. So like, instead of just being tossed like, or just say, oh, no, 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 don't feel that thing. Like, mm. But be grateful for this. It's like, no, it just needs to be seen and heard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, 100%. No, I think that, and I think that's really nice words for someone who might experience this. I think there was a lot of comfort and understanding in that. So thank you. Mm. Thank you, Ruth. That was really beautiful. I'm aware of the time and I don't want to keep you for too much more time, but I did want to just offer you any space if there's anything else you'd like to say or share before we close. Um, I, I just really appreciate your podcast. I think it's wonderful uh, to keep telling stories and to tell our stories as real as we can possible, even though that's scary and the ego is like, ah, I don't want people to know what's going on for me. Yeah. But I don't only think that it's freeing for other people to not feel so alone, but I feel like it's freeing for, in my experience, it's freeing for me as well because it's like removing that shame piece Mm. from myself being like, this is what happened to me and I still love me anyway. Mm all this and I've struggled with these things and yeah sometimes I've been a real moody cow or I've been just this really just sad just drowning in sadness person Mm -hmm. but I still love me anyway in any of those states yeah and I feel like when we talk about our stories and stuff um and we can find compassion and love for that other person like perhaps we can start sending that back to ourselves. Mm. So like, you know, if we've got a friend who comes to us and says, this is what's going on for me and I've experienced all these like really tough, hard things, we can still love that person, right? We can still show that person compassion and love. Yeah. Like it's time to, in my eyes, to start doing that back for ourselves as well. Mm. Yeah. But for me, like a really big statement in my life is like, even though you're feeling this thing or even though you're gone through this difficult thing, I still love you completely and unconditionally. Mm. And just reminding myself of that on a regular basis Mm. um, is a really important thing for driving in life for me. Yeah. Mm, That's so beautiful. (laughs) Oh. Thank you so much for sharing your story and for being here and for being willing to be vulnerable and willing to open yourself up 
to be seen and to be heard because I think, like you said, it is scary. It's not easy. It's going against the grain, you know, like in the society that we live in, most of us hide how we feel, what we've experienced, our pain, our discomfort, our things that we've been through. We we do that thing where we shove it in a box and put it to the back of our brain and don't tell people how we feel. And I think it's really brave to be willing to be vulnerable and show up in your authenticity and share what you can. I think it's just, yeah, it's really brave and yeah, I think it's really helpful for other people. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I love your podcast. I can't wait to hear to your, your next episodes. <laughs> yeah. Please keep sharing your stories. Yeah. We can make people feel less alone and loved and learn to love themselves. And yeah, by loving others, we learn to love ourselves and it all comes in roundabouts. Mm. Yes. Okay, so that's it for today. Thank you everybody for listening to this podcast, this special guest episode. And if you enjoyed the show, please let us know. Speak to you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to No Time for Small Talk. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, share, and leave a review. Remember to follow our Instagram, No Time for Small Talk, for extra resources and to be the first to hear about upcoming guests or events. If you would like to connect or find out more about my work, you can find me on Instagram at Ruma Integrative or by emailing ruma-connect at outlook.com. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. Bye for now.